What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. What's up? We're back with episode 149 of the Moto X Pod Show in a uh, new studio, sort of. So who knows how this is going to sound tonight. Hopefully everything goes well. We are, of course, brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. So check out TorqueOneRacing.com. We'll follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, Williams Moto Works, a Cherubis, and X-Brand Goggles all on board for 2020. Don't forget to go to patreon.com and support us. We have a new Patreon supporter that just jumped on board this week. I don't have his name wrote down, but I will get that and we'll thank him here shortly. Uh, great show tonight. Martin Davalos coming on. Had Justin Hill booked. He had to reschedule for tomorrow, but we will get that recorded and tagged on to the end of the show. Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience. And since Justin Hill had to cancel, Zach Osborne was kind enough to jump in his spot. So we'll have all those guys on tonight. In studio, once again, Phil Gates. What's up, Phil? What up, what up? Not much, hey, man. man. It's good to have you back in studio. It's been a while. You've been yeah. working uh, a lot yeah. and yeah. raising those kids. And yes, sir. We're getting yeah. to watch, watch the races, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Every single weekend, man. Heck, yeah. Yeah. Also with us on the line out in... Uh, Good old West Texas, I presume, is DJ TJ. What's up, dude? I think I'm always out here, it seems like. It definitely does. I mean, um, like I said a few moments ago, you know, I moved everything. We had this room in front of our house that was part of the original house, which sounds like I live on an estate or something, but it's just this little room that was storage. And uh, Amber, my, my lovely fiance, was kind enough to give it up after me <laughs> begging her, basically. So we have a little bit of a, a new studio, which is looking pretty cool, but you haven't even had a chance to see it yet. I saw pictures of it. It looks legit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort, pulp. it's sort of like, a, yeah, it's very, very mini pulp. Uh, it's maybe uh, a, not even a quarter of the size probably, but I think it's going to work. Well, the, look, the look. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, TJ, I wanted to get you on. We'll briefly go over uh, A2 here in a moment, but uh, let's talk about Supercross Futures. Doc's done, uh, what, two of them so far? Done two of them. I will say this. One of our great sponsors built a motor, like, you know, worked with us and, and helped us out and got Doc a motor. That is unbelievable. He's had a terrible Supercross Futures to start with. I mean, it's almost not worth, worth talking about. Every time somebody crashes either in front of him or into it this weekend, <laughs> Somebody cased a triple behind him, and their bike cartwheeled into him in the corner after the triple, and took him out. And then went in, the, and so that put him dead last gate pick in the LCQ. 
and he ripped the whole shot from like 17th or 18th gate pick in the LCQ. So, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's a bad motor. I mean, it, it's pretty stout. But other than that, it's been nothing but downs. You know what I mean? He's just struggling. Yeah. Moving into that A class is really tough. And honestly, he's throwing some lap times down that are very competitive. It's just, Little he even mistakes. admitted it. He's like, I've got to get out of my own head, you know? Yeah, you know, and it kind of seemed to have started last year with some of the races where he would be running really good and make a mistake and fall or, um, and, and like yep. said, I think it's, it's just sort of, uh, it's a mental thing, I think, because he definitely has, I mean, he has the, the ability and the speed, I think, to run well in the B class, but he's just not putting everything together. And You and I talked a few well, days ago. What's that? He's in the A class. Oh, he's, yeah, he's I keep saying I keep saying B class. I forgot he moved up. That's okay. Um, yeah, so I, I reached out because since he's out in SoCal, I reached out to Kiefer and hopefully they'll get together uh, Thursday at Glen Helen, maybe Friday, and maybe Chris can pick up on some things that Doc can work on. I think just having somebody out there like that, talking to him and helping him, will just build more confidence, you know, right. and, and just make him feel good about how good he is riding. But anyway, it is what it is. I mean, the plans kind of derailed. His plans were to get his points and to start racing East Coast Supercross. Um, he has two more weekends. He could do it with two top tens um, to be able to get his Supercross points. But if not, we'll just reevaluate and go from there. Yeah, yeah, it's not an easy road for sure. Hey, before we get into uh, talking about A2, and there's a lot to talk about, but we'll probably touch on it briefly. Uh, we did a contest last week for a uh, for a fly podium motorcycle stand. We got a bunch mm -hmm. of entries, and I picked I picked a winner. We have, but I have two emails here that I kind of wanted to read off. TJ, I have not shared these with you exactly, but uh, the winner of the fly podium stand is Dustin Lefave. Uh, and I basically just said, hey, send us a question or, you know, a comment or something about the show. And uh, well, his, here's what it says. So it says, hey, Darkside, quick question for you. I listened to all your podcasts on Moto X Pod show and the wrap-up show. So my question is, one, how long have you been growing that epic ponytail? Um, when was the last haircut? So that, you know. I, I don't know, since like 94 there, Dustin. But um, he does say, he kind of, we talked about this off air, TJ, a little bit, but he kind of comments on the stuff that, that the hate, the haters from the wrap-up show stuff and tells me basically, I'm going to read this real quick. Why do, you, uh, why do you let these haters bring you down? You're doing a great job. All you need to worry about is doing your best, pleasing the sponsors and the listeners that actually listen. Your sponsors keep funding the show and you're growing, right? Yes, we are, Dustin. F those guys that are throwing shade. If you start losing sponsors and your listeners start dropping off, then worry about it. Just keep doing what you keep doing. Keep growing like you are. Rock on, bro. So, Dustin, you're the winner. I appreciate the the kind words. Uh, TJ, what do you think about the kind words? I mean, I'm one of your haters. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't... Are you one of the voicemails <laughs> on Pulp last week? I most definitely. I haven't got to the voicemails yet, but we'll see if he played mine. Yeah, well, I, I thought maybe I thought no. you were one or no. multiples of the ones last week when it was like every single oh, one. Last week, yeah, last week they were all me. I just oh, okay. Change. I've been getting good with it. So. Yeah, this week I haven't. I didn't get any. Um, I got some actually guys defending me. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was Phil. Phil, did you call in to defend no, I did. me? Yes. Thank yes. you, Phil. Yeah, Phil, you're you're hired. <laughs> TJ, you're out. <laughs> Thank God. Well, anyways. Um, that's cool, man. We have a lot of great listeners, and I mean, 
people, and I don't even put myself out there, and I still have people hitting me up sometimes going, hey, and I had somebody at Supercross Futures, I'm walking by, talking to my wife, some random dude, I just hear, DJ TJ? Yeah, you told me that and last got, week, yeah. And I'm like, what? And I turned around, and I'm like, thinking it was somebody I knew, but it's some random guy, and it's awesome hearing, and Doc had just got through racing, I think, or he was about to race, and I didn't get a chance to talk with him, but it was super cool. Yeah. Um, I'm just not good at that kind of stuff. So, well, you're anyways. kind of, you're a weirdo and you're awkward. Me? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, now that I know that, maybe there's something I can do something about, right? Yeah, I think it's too late. You're a lost cause. <laughs> um, okay, so one more. Matt Matt Jones, uh, I believe that's Jonesy mm-hmm. on social media. Um, he sent one. He, sorry, Matt, you're not the winner, but I liked your a couple of your parts of your question. Uh, question number one was, how are you enjoying Fantasy League? Uh, TJ, yeah. <laughs> give me a quick uh, summary of our fantasy. I'm done. Yeah? Like, like our buddy JT Cooley, Cooley talked me into playing again. Yeah, Cooley talked me into yeah, playing you got this the year. Paid I was league, literally, right? yeah, yeah, I was literally not going to play. I was, I was out. I was done with <laughs> fantasy altogether. I was going to take a year off. I was going to recuperate. I was going to get my setup right, do some training, maybe come back next year. And he talked me into playing. And and the we play the Pulp MX Fantasy like most people do. And they have ruined it this year because they've made it – they're just too good at picking the handicaps. These guys know too much about the industry. There's It's it's just terrible. I mean, and it's not really their fault. They're, I mean, I'm sure the guys who – it takes a lot more skill, maybe, and that's why I suck at it, and I've sucked at it forever. But I'm I'm blown away by how terrible I'm doing. And there's no reward for trying harder. I was hoping that Jason Thomas was going to be in the studio this week. I was going to call in because they've ruined it. There's no incentive <laughs> to pick somebody with a 16 or whatever right. anymore. The handicaps are much tighter. Phil, are you playing fantasy? Absolutely. How are you doing? Eh, I've done better. Uh, I did. I did a lot better last year. Um, this year has been a little tough for me. Yeah. Um, so far, but um, I'm gonna try to uh, do a little bit more homework before this weekend, and I may have to pay for the uh, fantasy experts now. Oh yeah, I, yeah. They don't I, really help much. Oh really? I don't think <laughs> no, so. They don't. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I think I finished. Like, I actually texted. Oh, go ahead. I think I finished like nine thousandth something last You're week so yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty bad i don't know where i am i haven't well, looked at that i texted mark last year marks last year and asked him can he remove the 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 what do you call it, expert pick oh yeah my stuff because it, it was screwing me up so much right so um yeah like i said just a just just a complete crap show of fantasy and and i'm gonna keep playing i know i am because i'm a retard and True. I'm just going to keep sending it. I mean, I'm so far back now that I'm just, I mean, this week is going to be, everybody's going to max out. Everybody's probably going to, you know, have the perfect team. Yeah. So, um, anyways, all right. fancy well, stuff. Well, this email yeah, it is from Jonesy. It says at the end, but he had one other question, uh, which you probably don't have a whole lot of thought on, but he says, so Tickle and Chisholm are our teammates. How wild do you think the two wives will be together? Um, well, I would think I knowing care. Brittany a little bit, uh, and Jessica's pretty wild. They're pretty tight. I would say it could get pretty, pretty 
triple X, uh, Moto triple X style if they were to, in the pits together. But I don't know that Jessica comes to the races very often. TJ, you don't know anything about any of that, right? I don't care, no. You don't care. Well, it's one of our listeners that wants to know, so you should care, but you're... Well, he's asking you. Obviously, he's not asking me. Did you think anybody in this industry gives two craps what I think? No, I don't. Phil, do you think? Exactly. No, I don't think so. All right. Do you follow either one of them, Jessica Tickle yeah. or Brittany oh, yeah. Chisholm? Yeah. Well, Absolutely. yeah. If you follow the social media, you know how they can get. But anyway, I, I we got a lot of entries for this podium stand. Appreciate everybody. Uh, that's our winner. What uh, D- Dustin Lefebvre is our winner. Want to thank him. All right, real quick, because we've got Martin Davalos okay. coming up shortly. TJ, thoughts on A2? Um, and I guess let's, you know, the hot topic, of course, is the Dylan Ferrandez, Christian Craig thing. So overall thoughts on A2, and give me your quick thoughts on that event. Me or Bill? Y- yeah, you. Sorry, TJ. Okay. So that's fine. Um, the event was great. The racing was awesome. Sucks for Jet. Everybody saw it coming. And, I mean, really, Ferrandez didn't do anything. I mean, yes, he made a mistake, but it was nothing malicious. People are terrible, <laughs> and everybody should be writing public apologies to a great guy. I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times because of the show, and him and his wife, very nice people. He yes. won a championship when I was when I was there and was and stopped for a second to talk to me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. It is. I mean, they're just great people, and um, everybody can eat a dick who who booed him. <laughs> hey, watch the language. Remember, we have kids listening. Oh well, I just meant like you're the like, worst. Yeah, whatever, Tito. You're the worst. You're you're such a bad influence. Um, but but you're right. They're good people, and uh, you know I, I don't believe for a second he did it on purpose. He well, Nastasia on her social media openly apologized and said that they went and talked to Christian and Paige after the race and apologized. And, you know, she was very surprised with how people were reacting and the ugly things they were getting. And Paige even commented on her post about, you know, basically I'm with you, you know, amen, whatever. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, let, let it go. Um, Phil, what, what were your thoughts? I would like to say one more oh, thing. One more thing. Of course you would. I did like what producer Joe said. Yeah. And producer Joe said he should just own it and like you know it should just be the bad guy, <laughs> you know. And I I could just imagine him coming out with like the like the Wall Luigi mustache yeah. and the, and then, you know those kind of things. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> What's your thoughts, Phil? Yeah, I think in the moment um, when it happened, I was like, man, that really sucks for Craig because I'm a big Craig fan. But yeah, this might be an unpopular opinion, but Ferrandis is probably one of my favorite riders, um, just because of like how much drive and passion that he has for this sport and will to win. And I think in the moment, it's kind of hard for us to sit here and have an opinion about it because we've never been in that situation before. We've never been in that situation where we were going for a Supercross win. And so it's kind of hard to to judge Ferrandis. And I think who everybody – like when I was watching it on TV, the boos were so loud oh, yeah, with no him talking, and he couldn't even enjoy his win because he was so like upset. And I think he was upset about everybody booing him because he felt like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the wrong decision, but like you see how bad he wants to win, and you have to respect that. And I think moving forward. He'll be a little smarter about what he does. Yeah, hopefully. About his passes. And now he's going to have to be a little bit more vulnerable 
to Craig because, you know, I don't think Craig would do anything malicious towards him and retaliate, but you never know. I mean, you could be in that in that spot where it comes down to the last round and you need to get around Christian. And, and you know, it, it's 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 going to be a, a, a tough spot moving forward for him because yeah. I think he's kind of got that bad guy vibe on him uh, from the pits. Yeah, and well, I don't yeah, think some of the fans that. for sure. Yeah, and maybe some of the um, riders. You know, and Kiefer said it last night. TJ and Phil, um, he on pulp. You know, he's like when having having someone owe you one, quote unquote, like Christian kind of does if he, if he wanted to, is not a good place to be in when you're fighting for a championship because it could. It could come at a bad time. Not that there's a good time. Yeah, so you're right about that. But like, well, Kiefer's right. Thing from the night, yes, Kiefer's right. The biggest thing from the night was the fact that the red plate changed and Eli would arrive. Yeah, absolutely. So overshadowed by a mistake. But Jesus, like, Kenny's got the red plate. I haven't heard anybody say that. I don't guess it was a big topic with everything else that happened. It kind of with the Dylan Christian thing, it overshadowed pretty much everything else. So Kenny's got the red plate. He, we know from what Kiefer said, which made a lot of sense. His bike works better with traction, so he may struggle this coming up weekend. But he, him, and and Eli are going to be. That's it's, it's about to get good. The four fifty class. You think it's uh you think that Eli's gonna go on a run? I think I think it's gonna be them two constantly. Like yeah. if if Keeper's right about about um with Rockton's bike, I feel we'll see Eli run to the front, get some wins, and then as soon as they get to places that have traction, then we're gonna have some amazing battles. And I think we'll have a with obviously barring injury, I think we're gonna have some amazing um, like fight down to the end. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I feel like it's been a pretty Wes damn. Wes coming back, it's gonna be good. Yeah, I think it's been a pretty damn good season so far. Uh, either way, three races in. So, yeah, we'll yep. see what happens. Uh, TJ, I'm gonna let you go. We got to get Martina on the line and uh, move on. You're you're the least important guest of the night. So. Fair enough, the least important part of the show, so I understand. So I'm out. Not true. I, I, you are. We, you're <laughs> correct. You taught me. You told Phil this a while ago. Everything I know about running this software. So uh, this thing would no. not be happening if you hadn't helped me with all this stuff. So you're pretty important. Yes, I yes. just don't like to give you credit very often. I wouldn't give me credit because it would go to my head. So I'm out. Okay. You know what? You suck. I take it back. <laughs> all right. Bye. See you, TJ. Uh, all right, Phil. Um, yeah, so what? I mean, just give her the three races so far a grade like a b c d what, what's the season been like so far for you i think it's been i think it's been really good um the the 250s ha- I, I feel like the first two rounds were a little eh, and then this past round you know it got pretty exciting yeah um especially with jet and i was really really hoping jet would would get that win because when's the last time we've seen a 16 year old win a 250 main in their third race you know and that yeah. doesn't that doesn't happen maybe it happened with Stu back in the day but it's been a while um, yeah it's been a long time yeah. and and you don't really see that good of a talent come out very often right and um I think it was really really good race and um it sucked to see Fortner go down yeah uh, you yeah. know and that I, I think that's something that was overlooked too because of what happened um I was really hoping Fortner would have stayed up because it would have made the championship a little tighter 
Yeah, um, that, that hurt him a ton. Like it's it's gonna be. I don't know that he can come back for that unless <clears> somebody else has. Yeah, the other guys are gonna have to. Justin and Dylan are gonna have to crashes. Yeah, and and the thing with Fortner, he's got so much talent. But yeah, it, I feel like sometimes, um, whether it's set up or whether it's just in his head, you know, it he just just like we see him last year. He was in a championship run. And he tore his ACL. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's been really good. The four fifties have been exciting. Um, Justin Barsha winning, that was really cool. And I hope that he can stay healthy this year and be consistent and fight all the way to the end because Hell yeah. I think we have you know six or seven guys that can win a main event this year, and I think it's going to be a, a good season. Absolutely. All right, let's take a commercial break, and we'll be back with Martin. Oh, you know what? Because I'm recording this thing out of order, we'll be back with Dave Drakes. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. Welcome back to episode 149 of the Moto X-Pod show. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle for many of the top privateers like John Short, as well as Gary Sutherland, the 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, Kyle Chisholm, and Alex Ray. X-Brand Goggles brings us the one and only Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience. What's up, dude? What's going on, Darkside? Happy to be on. Talking some moto. It's been a quick minute, man. I talked to you for a little while. It's been a little bit, man. I haven't seen you in a few weeks since A1. And uh, for those listening, I had to do that intro like three times. I kept messing it up, and it still sounds crappy. <laughs> but it is what it is. I'm off my game. But, Dave, man, uh, how's the season been for yourself and the collective experience so far? Oh, it's been awesome. And you know me. Anytime I'm getting to the races and watching these guys live, I'm I'm in heaven. So, um, I you couldn't be treated to a better season. Uh, the collective is on and, and, and popping in. We're, we're, we're full steam ahead for 2020. 
uh, the internship program is just it's growing so huge, and so many people are taking advantage of the opportunities Good. that they get from working with these teams. Uh, we're having a bunch of fans uh, fly over from all over the world um, to just come hang out and be a VIP of their favorite racers, and uh, the riders are loving it. You know, they always have a good time. They love me and their fans. Um, you know, people get a chance to hear Alex Ray rant, so <laughs> it's all it's it's always it's always fun, man. We really have a great time with it, and getting a chance to hang out, and meet people like yourself, it's a blast. Yeah, man. Uh, who who doesn't like to get to visit with Alex Ray? He's awesome. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, he's great, man. Yeah, so um, I want to talk to you. Just I obviously wasn't at this round. I wasn't at St. Louis. Um, didn't look like attendance was fantastic at the last two. Um, what did you see from actually being there? Yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of thought that the the pack would kind of dwindle down a little bit, having to go from the Cali rounds all the way to St. Louis, where, you know, everyone's so used to doing the California stretch just for the first five rounds. So you expect a lot of privateers might not have the funding they need to get back and forth that far. Um, so kind of expected that one. But, yeah, I mean, uh, so kind of the same with A2. I don't know what uh, – you know what, what's going through with some of the some of the teams or some of the smaller some of the smaller outfits uh, if they're you know lacking funding compared to last year. But you know H two is usually a pretty solid event where you get a lot of the a lot of the Cali locals. Um, yeah, it was just a little thin. You know, you notice maybe like, huh, this usually has maybe four or five more guys in it, and this one, uh, you know, qualifying practice session, and you know, we're down a few riders. So yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully it picks back up. You know, we want to see as many riders out there, you know, chasing the dream as possible. So yeah, I, I definitely noticed that though for sure. Yeah, it was, it was a little interesting, but I mean, it yeah, the the travel back and forth cross country has been a topic of discussion since the schedule came out. But yeah, hopefully once it starts getting more normal. Uh, maybe some more guys will, you know, make the races and hopefully the East coast would be full. Um, let's talk about the racing, man. So a uh, couple, couple hot take type incidents in the main events, but some good racing in the heat races. Um, Jet Lawrence, man, just on fire. You know, this kid is young and full of talent. Uh, what, what did you see from your perspective of just the racing in general and what Jet Lawrence, uh, the show he put on as a rookie at 16? Yeah, I honestly, I think we're really treated this year to both the 450 and the 250 being absolutely stacked. I don't think we've really seen a year where, you know, we've had so many fast 250, um, 250 riders, even some of the privateers that, that we really don't talk about that often. They're sneaking up and transferring right out of the heat races. So I think everybody's really elevated their game, which is great for the sport, great for us fans watching back home. Um, and yeah, this weekend, <laughs> no different. I honestly, I, I have to admit, I was sleeping on Jet Lawrence a little bit. I thought he'd come <laughs> out and be, you know, okay, he'd be a fast kid, but I figured he'd be on the ground every single lap. And I did not expect him to lead, you know, almost two full main events the way he did, man. He really, really surprised me. Um, I, I, pleasantly, you know, I don't think we've really seen a really, really young rookie like that come out guns blazing since maybe AC and before that, what, James and Ricky, you know? So yeah, it's been a while. Um, that, it's been, yeah, it's been a really, a, a quick minute, man. We really, really lost that really, really good crop of uh, rookies that can come in and start battling for wins uh, right away. And Jet falls right into that category. Uh, the guy looks super solid on his bike. You know, once Ferenas got near him and he kind of got frazzled, yeah, the mistakes happened, but you got to, you know, chalk it up to him being just a, 
you know, six-year-old kid. I'm sure he'll work out those nerves once he comes back and he's all healed up. Yeah. Um, but I thought he handled himself very well when he was leading. Um, looked awesome, man. How, how great is it to see a young kid have that much poise and, uh, you know, that much skill to just, just I mean, just a whole shot of race like that. You know, right. lead half the main. Absolutely. It's pretty insane. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, watching him ride, some of the things he did, the the wheeling through the whoops, although I, I know that wasn't intentional, was pretty exciting <laughs> to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we got a lot of years, hopefully, to come with this kid amazing us, I hope. You know, I mean, that's that's certainly what we want. Um, you know, the there were some big crashes in some of the heat races. We had Amart go flying off the bike in the whoops. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of interesting things happened, I think, throughout this race. Um, you know, but let's talk about the big one, obviously. Uh, the, the Dylan, Dylan Ferrandez and, uh, Christian Craig, man, uh, just let's get your take on it. Yeah, that was definitely a bummer to see, especially since they're both on my fantasy pick this past week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, me too. Oh man, I, I, I was, I was screaming like, no, I had so many points for Craig. Yeah. But, um, no, I, honestly, it was such a bummer to see. Obviously you don't want to see riders take themselves out like that. Um, and you know, I was pretty bummed on Ferrandis. I'll have to admit, I wasn't so much bummed that you know, but on the the premise of him being you know, um, of malintent when he made that that move. I mean, I think it was just a bonehead line choice and bonehead speed. I guess. Yeah. He came in to on a pretty flat corner, which everyone was saying that A two was very slippery as it is. I mean, you go to a flat corner, it's almost like ice, and he came in with a lot of speed. So. Um, I think it was just a bonehead move. He was caught in the moment, um, adrenaline pumping, wants to get to the front, wants to maximize on points, and slid out. You know, I think he, uh, as Christian, um, really didn't have like that little bit of a, a step down from the berm when he was um, on the gas. I don't think the crash would have been as catastrophic, but since he was his wheels were off the ground a little bit coming off that edge on the berm, I think uh, it made it look a little bit more, uh, a little bit more harsh than I think it, it was. If it could have been, um, I, I don't definitely don't think Ferrandez came in with the mentality of, Hey, I want to take this guy out. Uh, I want to put him on the ground. I think he was hoping to maybe bump him a little bit, maybe block him. Um, but I just think it was just bad timing on yeah. Ferrandez's part. So, um, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking it up to be. I mean, I know he's catching a lot of heat to put it mildly. Um, but I think, I think it's all a little bit misplaced. I think, uh, you know, if anything, we could just say maybe his race craft in the moment wasn't the best, but definitely it's his intent, you know, any of these guys intent, it's not to put your competitor on the ground. Um, and you know, and win that way. Just, it's just not, you know, not professional. So no. And I, I think, I think he'll learn from it for sure. Yeah, I hope so. And this is going to be a topic throughout this night with all our guests. I want to ask about, you know, you, you already said you don't think it was intentional and it was a, a bonehead move. And he and Nastasia have already basically openly admitted that on social media, which I think takes, you know, a little bit of guts to come out and say, Hey, we messed up or, you know, they, they're a team. So I say we, cause they consider themselves a team together. Um, it was a mistake. And even she said that she was not happy with the move he made. So that's, I think that's pretty impressive that she didn't say, oh, you know, she didn't defend him 100%. She defended him like a wife should, um, you know, you know, but was also willing to say we messed up. It was wrong. He thinks it's wrong. We have already apologized to Christian and Paige. Uh, Paige actually responded on that Instagram uh, Instagram post in agreeance. I think what we're seeing out of the social media, the fans of the sport, uh, and I'm going to continue to say this, is kind of disgusting. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, man. It, it's 
it's a bummer when you see stuff like that, you know what I mean? And if for some reason, I don't know why, but like the French riders get so much flack from people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a more American born and raised, you know, I've got, you know, lead red, white, and blue and stuff. And, you know, I, I definitely get where a lot of these fans are coming from at the same time, you know, he's a member of our sport, you know, he's making our American supercross that much better because he's talented, he's fast and he's drawing an eye. So, um, yeah, I think uh, you know he's pretty much Americanized at this point. You know, minus yeah. uh, a little bit, a little bit of an accent. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's it really it really bums me out to see that man. You know, we've got such a great sport. It's it's built on the fundamentals of like having a very very big family environment. And I think uh, that gets lost when you get to the pro race and you see this stuff kind of happening like that. I mean, we all kind of forget that you know, hey, we're all one big racing family. To be honest with you, we're supposed so, to be. Um, yeah, we are. We we really are supposed to be, and it and it, it it just bums me out. You know, I wish people gave him more benefit of the doubt. And you know, all these racers, they've all made mistakes like that. You know, Christian Craig himself has punted. You know, uh, one of the Martin brothers over a berm super hard. <laughs> right, and, right. Um, you know, yeah, Plessinger put one guy into the wall. You know, I mean, everybody's done these mistakes. So uh, I think we're just being a little bit too overcritical, and and uh, we're putting him in malintent where there shouldn't be any. So, yeah. um, I, I am, I am bummed by my fellow, you know, motocross and supercross brethren, but, um, I think, you know, Hey, we can, we just got to look at it with, uh, a little bit different perspective and, um, yeah, I think so sort of curb that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this towards the end of the evening, but it's actually going to be the first interview once it's in post. So I've actually already talked to Zach Osborne tonight. Um, but the listeners will actually hear this after we talk to you. But anyway, um, like I brought up Zacho, you know, if, you know, when he won his championship and pretty much just cleaned out Savachi, the place went yeah. insane. Um, exactly. Had it been Dylan or Marvin or somebody else, then they would have been pissed. And that is where not only is it a problem that people have the balls to say some of the things they say, but you can't say it just because the guy's from another country. That's it's ridiculous and it's sad. Um, I talked to Marvin and Dylan last year at, I think it was Tennessee. Yeah, at the at the or maybe the year before in eighteen at the national in Tennessee, and we were just it was after Marvin had obviously taken out Eli at that Supercross race, and yeah. got the booze back then, and and like they were still dealing with getting you know Marvin was getting flipped off every weekend. And I was talking to him at the press conference afterwards. I was like, man, you guys have no idea. You know, back when JMB was here, people hated him just because he was French. Um, And they would boo him. And it's really sad. And they were, like, so surprised. Like, they had no idea. Uh, And now I think both of them have experienced that a little bit. And it's just, again, like you said, we're, we're supposed to be a moto family. If it was malicious, if it was something that happened every week, and I know people have posted that Dylan's done some stuff like this before, but it's it's just it's not on purpose. I don't believe you can be upset with him for making a mistake, but you can't be freaking evil to the guy. Exactly, I have to agree with you, man. I mean, I'd argue that you know, uh, and I'm an Osborne fan. Let me say that uh, yeah. I'd argue that uh, the the move that that Osborne made on Savachi all those years back uh, that was way worse. So much more was on the line. This was yeah. a, this was a title. In Vegas, you know, this one, yeah, it was a little brutal, but, I mean, we're still early in the season. 
Um, you know, I don't think Craig was as high in the points um, as you know Sabachi no, was during no. like, during his during his uh, campaign that year. So, um, yeah, I'd say that was even more brutal. And yeah, I was one of the people that was doing that, going, "Oh my gosh!" I was screaming, clapping right. for Osborne. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, sure. um, yeah, for for me, I don't I don't really see a, a, a disconnect there. I think it's the same situation. We're we're here because we like racing. We're used to bumping. We're used to picking people out. Um, you know, not not in a super brutal way like um like like some people kind of hint at but um you know it's part of the sport collisions happen crashes happen we're racing dirt bikes you know it's not LA. absolutely so um i I definitely think it's something that we need to um yeah we we need to just put it um i guess in the right in the right light you know you know what i mean i think it's uh exactly the right perspective and um you know and, and really ask ourselves you know why do we um why do we idolize when Osborne does it or, you know, another American writer does it, but when, you know, the French writer that's riding the same way that we ride, to be honest with you, you know, why is he just vilified so much? Yep. So, um, yeah, again, it's a, it's a bummer to see that. I, I hope we can move forward from it. I hope we don't really have to, you know, have these, these, these talks again about somebody really not treating another writer fairly just because he's from France and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, this is, this is just a, a sore topic for a little bit and it kind <laughs> yeah. of goes away and we never have to, you know, we never have to address it again. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Before I let you go, yeah. let's, uh, let's touch on the four fifties, a little more positive, uh, co- maybe context. Um, three winners so far. Yeah. We've got Kenny winning last week, you know, obviously Barsha week one, and then Tomac finally gets back on all, all 12, we'll call it 12 cylinders. I mean, the guy was ripping at a two, um, a great year so far of racing in the 450 class. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't, I can't remember a year when we've had literally top like 15, 16 guys that are all like pretty much factory or semi-factory riders that could podium a 450 main. This is absolutely one of the deepest fields in history and everyone's on it. I mean, we've had Barsha win. We've had yeah. Ken Roxon win after a huge, a huge um, lapse in, in, uh, in wins. We've had Tomac finally show, you know, some Tomac-ness, if you will, in his riding. So I can only imagine he's going to win next. I mean, it's really hard to say. Uh, usually we do get into a, a, a spurt of Tomac winning yep. once he does find his, top, his way to the top side of the podium. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins for a little bit of a streak. But on the other hand, he is known to have some really big lows. So he can go from winning, you know, four races in a row to being 22nd or 17th or 13th and really giving up these points to riders that you really can't give points up to, man. I mean, exactly. Kenny looks super fast, super consistent. You, then you've got um, Jason Anderson, who's, you know, poking in there for podiums regularly. Quietly. You've got Barsha, who's been winning. Yeah, I mean... It's it's really still anyone's game at this point, and just one false move from Tomac, who let's be honest is probably the class leader in speed. Um, one false move, and these guys are going to smell blood, and they're going to attack. I mean, it happened last year, and Webb became a champion, so it could it could happen again this year. Absolutely. Well, Dave, man, uh, I appreciate you coming on just a little bit and talking some A two with us. Um, I wish I could be at these races more, but I guess San Diego will be my next one. So. Um, but appreciate you coming on and tell everybody where people can find more out about the collective experience. Oh, no problem, man. You know, anytime you guys call, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on anytime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Check us out at the collective XT.com at the collective EX on Instagram. We've got tons of VIP fan packages available to get fans from all over the world immersed in their favorite racers programs. I mean, we're doing so much. I mean, you see it dark side. These guys are touching the bikes, interacting with gear companies. Yeah. They're, 
they're, you know, under the tunnels or doing track walk. I mean, it's totally immersive, and our, our uh, internship program is really helping people get solidified and hooked up with jobs in the industry. Really proud of that. We're going to keep helping more fans get immersed, help more riders um, through funding, and uh, we're going to keep cranking it, man. Awesome. Dave, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Anytime, man. Hopefully, hopefully talk to you soon. Absolutely. Take care, bud. Take care. All right. Once again, Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience. Uh, really cool program. Um, you know, if I didn't have the access with the media stuff that I do, I think that'd be something that'd be really fun to be able to hang out with one of your favorite writers and be involved as uh, basically a team member for a weekend. And it's, it's pretty cool. So check it out. Okay, going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear fly shoes, wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try, and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. All right, we're back. And uh, our next guest is brought to you by Cherubis. For decades, Cherubis has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. 
With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Acherubies has what you need. So visit acherubiesusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and talk to Brian. Let him know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. On the line with us, Mr. Martin Davalos. What's up, Martin? How are you guys doing, man? I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. I appreciate it. Of course, man. We're excited to talk to you. I got my buddy Phil in studio. Hey, how's it going, Martin? How are you doing, Phil? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Just uh, actually wrapping up the day. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I, uh, I'm a dad now. Yeah. Um, I got a little, little man that's about almost, well, he, he just turned four months on the ninth. Uh, so man, just training, traveling, um, taking care of the baby, you know, wife working. It's just, it's been, uh, you know, a hell of a, um, beginning of the year. Um, but you know, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great, uh, thing so far. I mean, just trying to get used to, you know, um, completely different, you know, lifestyle now for sure. Yeah, well, my kid is uh, 22, just turned 22, but Phil here has a couple young ones. You know all about trying to manage yeah. work and juggle life and kids, right? Three of them, yeah. Oh, so, three? You have yeah. three now? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Shows uh, what a friend I am. The The youngest one is six <laughs> months old, so... Uh, Good Lord. Yeah, it's it's been wild, man. It's... Yeah, they're fun though. You know, it's it's a good time. So, Martin, what's yeah. what's been the most surprising thing so far about having a kid? Well, to be honest with you, I just I I just can't really explain. And obviously, you guys that have kids, um, you know, it's just amazing how much you can love somebody. It is incredible. You know, now he's smiling, and you know, it's just it's been such a an amazing experience to have him. You know. It's, at first, obviously, we're all scared. We don't know what's going to happen, and you know, <laughs> but you know, like once you get the, you know, the hang of things, and you know how to, you know what he wants, and what you know why he's crying, and then you just kind of, you you kind of learn um, him. It's just been such a fun time now, um, you know, just to be able to see him grow, and it's crazy how fast he's actually growing, and uh, you know, the pediatrician checkups and everything. Um, it's just incredible, man. It's it's so much love, and obviously. It kind of it's a bummer that I have to leave him on the weekends, but yeah. um, you know, it just it makes it so much fun wanting to come back home because the only thing I want to do is just see him, you know. Yeah, just thinking, you know, a couple years he's gonna start coming to the races. I would assume you'll bring him to some of the races, and uh, you know, he'll get to, you'll get to share those experiences with you. You know, when when I was younger, when I was first getting into moto. You know, none of the riders really seemed to have wives or kids. It was all a lot more party time in the late nineties or early or late eighties, early nineties. Now everybody has family, so it's you know I think you're gonna ha- just be a whole new experience for you, new way to enjoy the races, having your family there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely not gonna try and encourage him to race the motorcycle, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I I for sure want him to be a part of what I do. You know, yeah. I don't know how long I'm gonna have it this for, but you know, if, if it is to where he can see me do it, that'll be amazing. And we plan on bringing him to the local ones, you know, to uh, Daytona and Tampa and, and Atlanta. You know, those are drivable ones. Right. Uh, to, to fly with him, you know, my wife is working full-time. She's a pediatric dentist. It's just too tough to um, to bring him, you know, just for literally two days. Cause sure. And also all the California rounds, you know. I'm flying Friday, 5.30 a.m., <laughs> yeah. get there and then fly back on Sunday, you know. So... For me, it's, you know, a lot of the racers have been staying out in California and all this time, which is the smartest thing to do. But, you know, I have a I have a wife and a kid at home. I got to come home to, to them and I got to, you know, be here to support them. So it's been definitely, um, you know, 
um, a challenge, you know, to, to fly, to train, to be able to manage everything. But, uh, you know, I'm getting the, the hang of things. It's, it's important for me to recover and spend this time to with my family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned a second ago, you said, you know, you don't know how many more years you're going to be doing this. Uh, on Pulp last night, you talked about, you know, that you had considered hanging up your boots uh, and this 450 deal came along. Like, seriously, how close were you to calling the racing part of your career over? Well, you know, it was it was pretty close. I mean, I, at one point, um, you know, Mitch was, you know, he's been such a great person to me, you know, throughout the years. And he was good um, to let me have this 450 because I already um, signed the deal to go to Geneva on that 450. And after that, I had nothing going on. So, you know, for me, it was like, if, if you know, if something comes up after Geneva, at least I'm going to be on the bike. I'm going to be, you know, somewhat um, in shape. But if, I told myself if nothing comes by December, you know, middle of December, then, you know, it's, it's time to move on. Okay. And luckily, luckily for me, you know, I was, I was able to get a deal. I was able to, you know, do a little bit of testing on some motorcycles and I was able to come up with a plan to, you know, to try and do this 450 um, career that I've always wanted to do. You know, a lot of people, um, really don't understand how much I've been wanting to move up. You know, a lot of people you know, always call me out for being on the life bus for so long, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's important for everybody to know how, how difficult it is to, you know, to be where we are, to ha- even have a ride, to have that opportunity. You know, it's, it's easy to sit back in the computer and, you know, and, you know, observe and, you know, say whatever, but, this is a tough sport, and what we're doing is it's uh, it's incredible. We're all very blessed to have a job, and you know we're you know we're really trying our hardest to 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 have a lot. And you know this, yeah. this year, to be honest with you, yeah, that four fifty that four fifty deal, you know, almost almost didn't happen. And you know, I you know for me to to be a perfect career would be to be able to you know call it quits when I just don't enjoy this anymore when when I'm tired of it. But I just don't want to do it. That's when I would like to, you know, leave this sport. But, um, you know, God works his his ways, and some came up, um, you know, for an opportunity to do this. And, you know, here I am um, living the dream and obviously learning quite a bit. Yeah, and it's impressive. I mean, look, this sport, there it, it's brutal on you guys. Um, right now, there are not very many you know, quote-unquote factory rides, for sure, for the number of riders that have talent. Uh, you're an extremely talented rider. I mean, look at what you did, you know, in qualifying at A2. You obviously have the skills and the speed, but there's just not that many spots open. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm glad that you got the spot. I think it's deserved. You've deserved that spot for A450 ride for a long time. Um, talk a little bit about the difference in riding a 450 in a race situation, um, you know, just compared to being on a 250 for so long. What's different about it? Yeah, and a lot of people don't really, um, you know, realize on the 250s, um, they have four guys usually, you know. Now 450s, a lot of the factories just have two main guys, and that's it. You know, there's not uh, many satellite teams that, you know, that will open up these spots to extra guys. But, you know, one of the biggest differences, um, it just, it's been the, the adjustment to the power, you know. Like, obviously, here at home, I've adjusted. You, know, you learn the track, and you kind of get comfortable. But when you come to the races, there's, you know, there's a lot of ruts, um different g outs and you know you get a lot of adrenaline going on so it's just you know being able to 
um, be tame on the bike to really not make silly mistakes, which I have made, you know, so far, um, a few ones <laughs> that really, really, I got lucky, but yeah. you know, that I, I find myself, um, riding the bike at its best when I just, when I almost like, I just don't try to go fast, you know, when I just let the bike work underneath me and I just relax, uh, this bike's got so much power that, you know, there's no reason to, you know, come into the corner so fast and just, uh, you know, twist the throttle wide open coming out, you know, it's just all about momentum on this thing. And so, uh, you know, I, I really found the flow at A2. Um, you know, I was able to put a, a good lap in there and which is, it was good for me, but it's, I always tell myself it's only, you know, it's only time qualifier, but in the mind, it's just, it, at least it, you know, you know that you're going fast, that you have the speed. And, you know, I, I had a little hiccup in the main event and I just, I felt like I, after I got up, I, I, uh, I was really consistent with my lap times and I felt like I rode good. I, I really was proud of what I've done, what I did that, that main event. And, you know, I, I really look forward to, you know, continue to build this season. And, um, one of my struggles that have been so far is just, um, to be consistent, um, off the starts, you know, like I just, I can't, I cannot feel and feel comfortable with this so much power and just coming out of the gate and mm-hmm. so many bumps after the gate. So I've been working really hard at MTF. <clears throat> I actually just, uh, you know, I returned to MTF. I don't know if um, a lot of people knew, but I, when I first came from Ecuador, I came into MTF and then uh, now I'm pretty much finalizing my, my career on MTF. So it's been a super fun time, you know, working with uh, Brian Johnson and obviously Colleen there. So, uh, I, I'm really enjoying this ride. That's good, man. Good, Phil. Hey, Martin. I know we're only three rounds into your young 450 career. Um, <clears throat> other than the starts, what what do you feel like the toughest part about racing this 450 class is? Well, um, you're racing so many good guys. You know, um, it's just incredible how many past champions and champions, and you're just racing such a amount of talented riders that. You know, I feel like if you don't get a start, it's you're you know you're 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 battling with you know champions, and you're it's it's hard to make up time. You yeah. know, so even in the back, if you're starting in yeah, if you're starting in 15, you know, in the life class, you know, I feel like you can make up more time. You, you know, but in in this class is just you know you're just kind of stuck. You know, like there's not there's only a few people that were that are able to go super fast and just take risks. You know, I just feel like it's very, very important to to have a good start, just so you can give yourself a chance, or give myself a chance to really ride up front to see what it's like. You know, because um, I haven't gotten that opportunity. I've I, I've done decent starts in in the um, in the heat races, but you know, in the main event is different. And you know, maybe if you get a good start, top three, top five, you could see what that pace looks like, and then you know, you can maybe latch into somebody. Yeah, it's I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how riders at your level, the elite riders, you know, you have to have all this confidence, and all of you guys feel like you can win. You know, I know you have to feel that way. Even Chad Reed, who's you know hitting LCQs three weeks in a row, feels like he still has the ability to win. And then you go out there, and a guy like that maybe gets you know say sixteenth, seventeenth. That's not something riders at your level are typically used to getting you know being that far out but like you said the field is so stacked like i don't i don't think you could be disappointed you know being 15th almost at, at this day and age it's just it's so incredibly 
the the pool is so full of talent. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it, it is. I think it's it's at its at its best ever. You know, like just the amount of good riders and yeah. um, everybody being healthy and everything, which is always great for the sport for everybody to be there. You know, and uh, yeah, it's you know sometimes you just blame it on yourself. You just <laughs> you have to give yourself an opportunity. You know, to start up front to be able to do it. I mean, if you're starting twentieth or fifteenth, you know, I mean you're. You know, we're all so close that, you know, it's just you've just seen it in the past. There's only a few guys that are able to come, like, yeah. really fast through the pack, which, you know, Tomac and, you know, Kenny and all them guys that are just have that incredible speed and experience on this bike. Um, but, yeah, besides them, you know, it's just everybody is just going through the motions. And I think uh, I think it's just important, you know, to get a good start. And, and uh, for yeah. me being – you know, I don't want to consider me a rookie in the class because I've been, you know, I've been racing for a while, but I, I do have to learn this bike. I, I need to know what it feels like to run up front. And, uh, you know, I think I, once I get used to that and that feel, you know, it's, I think it's going to boost my confidence level up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'll be able to, you know, learn a little more about what it's like. Yeah. I think it's really cool that you're, you don't have such an ego that you're willing to admit that with all your experience, there's still a lot to learn. Um, you know, and I think that's pretty impressive that, you know, Hey, it's going to take a year. It's going to take a season probably to realize you're, you know, you're racing what 16 races or twice as many races this year, uh, twice as much, you know, engine CCs. It, it's not, it's, it's, it's all new. You are a rookie basically, you know, it's not the same. And the fact that you're willing to admit that and understand that is really impressive. Um, I want to step back to something you said a little bit ago about you were kind of talking about the guys on the keyboards and being easy to say stuff. Any one of those people behind the keyboard would be thrilled to even be able to make a night show, let alone be in a main event. Um, so yeah, I, I those guys drive me crazy because I we all <laughs> we all seem to deal with it. I, I don't understand what is up with the negativity. Like we see what everybody's saying to Dylan Ferrandis in the last two days and it's it's almost inhuman yeah i i totally agree and you know what, what is sad about all this is that it just you know it just ruins our sport you know yeah. like everybody just looks at it like it's you know it's a joke sport but unfortunately at this level you know top athletes i mean everybody's got to deal with them you know you see it in football you see it in you know and golf and you know soccer and all that but you know there's just people that that like to start drama and i think it's right. part of part of you know part of the world nowadays you know I, I i think it's funny now how they do it and to be honest with you i i just i i maybe like four years ago i it really bothered me a little bit you know because it was just hard for me to like make them understand that i didn't want to do it on the light class but i had no choice but then right to it now like you know like i said four years ago now but now like i just laugh because I'm not doing this for anybody else but myself. You know, I'm, I'm living a dream and, you, and you know, because I'm doing it and they're not that, it's probably that way they're mad. So, um, yeah, basically I'm just, I'm just happy to be in this position. I'm very thankful. I have always been, um, throughout this whole, um, you know, my whole career, you know, coming from Ecuador as a nobody and just, you know, climb the ladder slowly and steady and, you know, being able to ride for um, the most amazing teams in the world, you know, I feel like I've had an amazing career. and I, I really want to, you know, hopefully open up some doors on this 450. I really 
look forward to doing this. And, uh, you know, I don't want to prove anything to anybody, but I just want to prove it to myself. That's it. Perfect, man. I like it. Um, so I got a couple more questions for you. Um, you talked about, you know, needing to get better starts. You said last night on Pulp that you, you really need to get top 10 starts. What do you feel like you need to change to make that happen? You talked about the horsepower of the bike. Uh, you know, is there something in technique, do you think, or maybe something in the settings of the bike? What do you think you need to work on? Well, I think a little bit of both. I think the setting of the bike, um, I've I've come to a, you know, a, like a happy medium on the setting of the bike. I think it's just body position. You know, in the Kawasaki before, I was, you know, I felt like I was a little more um, forward. You know, I was able to have a little more confidence being forward on the bike. Uh, this, uh, the KTM just sits a little lower on the rear, so I, I really have to, you know, it's 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 very hard for me to consistently. Sometimes I feel like it throws me back a little too much. Mm. And we're talking about one one hundredth of a second. I mean, if there's a little bit of a hesitation movement coming out of the gate, if the guy right next to you has got a little better start than you, then he'll close the door. And basically, once he closes the door, shuts your wheel, you're 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 in the back. You know, yeah. like there's nothing you can do. Sometimes you're able to squeeze through a few guys and you know come out, come out, but you know it's just everybody's moving, everybody's aggressive trying to get to that first turn. That it's precision. It's you know it. You have to be very focused when you're doing it. Um, I feel like I was a very good starter on the 250, and uh, you know I've I've struggled. I mean I just I really have struggled um, to to get that start. I think I. I think I figured it out a little bit this week. We've really been working at MTF to try and really be consistent, you know, because it's it's easy for me to come in sometimes and just have, you know, bust the perfect start. But, you know, you need to be able to do it, you know, consistently, like over and over, just so it's, it's you know, it's the same, almost the same every time. You know, you just can't be coming out of the gate sideways. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're in, in a good in a good road to uh, to what. Uh, I'm really looking forward, and uh, man, hopefully I can uh, I can get a good start this weekend. Because I mean, we're you know we're going to a, a triple crown, and it's, we're talking about three main events, and I, it's it's important to start front, you know, to give yourself a chance to to run that pace. Definitely, yeah. And there's you know you get three chances for starts this week, but also a lot shorter lap time. So if you don't get a good start, even less time to come through the pack. So yeah, hopefully hopefully you'll you'll get that you know taken care of, and you know. Get some good starts and maybe uh, we'll see you up there on the podium. That'll be amazing. Um, you know, you never know. Maybe yeah. the stars will align for me that night. You never know. You you know, I didn't sign up. Um, I'm, I'm Like I said, and you said it earlier in the show, like everybody wants to do good. Everybody wants to try and get on the podium to win. If, uh, if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody else is. You know? True. And uh, I think you, you got to start with, with your own self and try and believe that you can get there and you know, it's possible. I mean, if you really put your mind into something, I think it's achievable. And, you know, all the, the, the hard work, I think it'll pay eventually. I totally agree. Um, last thing I got is uh, you, you told Steve that you picked yourself in fantasy and you killed it. And I have to say thank you because I also picked you in fantasy. Um, so thank you very much for the points. Uh, I know a lot of the writers, you know, don't really like hearing about the fantasy stuff, but, um, it's very, it's a lot of fun for us, obviously. And, um, yeah, so you, you, you killed it for my team. So thanks. Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you guys, this is my first year playing it. Um, oh, cool. I've, I've wanted to play it before and I just thought, 
gosh, I'm I'm gonna forget to do it. But uh, <laughs> right. you know, being on the being on the 450, it gives you a little a little more time. Like when you come to you know, it just gives you a little more time to really, you know, get on your phone and be able to pick your your riders. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys, I picked myself at a one, and I was pissed <laughs> at myself because I didn't. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of people you know get mad and get mad at riders, and, and it, it is a game. Um, but I think it's pretty fun. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying it. Cool. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I know every rider that you pick is trying its best. You know, they're not trying to screw with your fantasy, but right, I'm yeah. glad I was able to put put up some points for some of the guys because I know a lot of the, the industry picked me because I was a good handicap this weekend. Yep. So I was able to do it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it, it adds another, you know, element to watching the race with your buddies. So, it's it's definitely fun and enjoyable. But Martin, man, thank you for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it, and wish you nothing but the best, man. And good luck this weekend. Of course, guys. I really appreciate having me in the show, and it was very very nice talking to you guys. Um, look forward to speaking to you guys soon. And uh, again, thank you. And you guys have a great night. Okay. You too, Martin. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. See ya, Martin Davalos. Um, dude, how nice is that guy? Like, right? I mean, just yeah, he appreciates man. it so much. <clears throat> A lot of the riders, when we ask them to come on, you know they don't really want to do it, but they do it. But Martin at least seems like he enjoys it. Yeah, like he's excited. I, and I think it, it's weird, like, you, when you have a baby, you, mm-hmm. you kind of look at life in a different perspective. And, I mean, let's hope to God, you know, Eli's having a baby. Maybe yeah. after he has one, he's like, I want to go on every podcast. You know, that would right. be good for yeah, you. Yeah, it but, could change things, uh, yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, he's he's a cool guy, good dude. And I think he has a lot of potential, even though he's 33 years old. He right. may not have, you know, three or four more years left. But um, like he said, if the stars align that night, you know, who knows? Yeah, well, like, he, he clearly was quickest in qualifying this last week, had tons of skill and speed. So at a triple crown with it being shorter, if he could get that start, who's to say that he can't put those fast laps in, laps in for a shorter time? Yeah. Even if he doesn't win. Right. Maybe he can get you know a couple of top threes and at least get a podium, or or if somebody else has a bad moto or gangbang as Steve has decided <laughs> to call them yeah. or whatever, you know things. I mean, look, who knows what the odds are? They're not great that he would do that, right? But the triple crown changes things. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Malcolm Stewart does too. Oh yeah, you know, uh, I think I think he's a lot better um, at these shorter races. Mm-hmm. Not saying that his fitness isn't there, but. I, I really hope that guy can put it up there too. Yeah. On the podium. That'd yeah, be it'd be really cool, to, cool see. to see. Um, yeah, there's a lot of these guys I'd like to see get you know some podiums or some wins. I mean, I'm dying for Dino to get a win or Zacho. It's not looking great, and we're gonna have Zach on here in a little bit. Um, I'm I'm a little underwhelmed with yeah. what I expected out of Zacho, but maybe my yeah. expect. Well, again, when you look at the field, I mean, look who he's racing against. The guys yeah. are all insane. I thought AC after after A one, I thought AC was gonna blow everybody out. I of think water. everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was kinda like I wasn't real shocked that he podiumed at A one. I would have been real shocked if he won. Um, but a podium I think was expected just because of how much talent he has mm-hmm. and I think the bike suits him a lot better. I just man, it's just like Steve goes back to he's like He's going to be fast every single weekend and he's proven that three weekends in a row he's been fast as qualifier, but he's gonna crash. And he has, and he's made those mistakes, which have cost him podium positions. Um, yeah, well, past two again, weekends, those so. little things, and just the talent pool. I mean, 
Look at what Barsha did the first two weeks. He didn't have a great race this weekend, but then you got Jason Anderson, who past champion, Eli Tomac, who should be a past champion. Uh, you know, Ken, Ken Roxon, who should be a past champion. Uh, the, the talent pool, again, you got Chad Reed, who's barely making main events, which, yes, he's at the end of his career. Still a little surprising that he's going to LCQs, but then when you look at the damn field, I mean, what do you expect? There's going to be some bad-ass dudes in the LCQ every week. I feel bad for some of the guys like Adam Entenapp, who is used to making a few mains, which and it's not looking like some of those those type of guys are going to make any unless there's some injuries. Exactly. It's too big. The field's just too full. And, and unfortunately, that's part of the sport, right? You know, we get injuries every single yeah. year, and it's just like it's not if but when it's going to happen. Um, and and I, I hope all of the top guys that are fighting for that championship, they stay healthy. Uh, because, you know, it's it's been a long time since we've seen that many guys mm-hmm. go at it every single round, um, and and I hope for a good season. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Zach Osborne. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside. And as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try... Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces, go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, Allsport Dynamic Braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes. They cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. All right, guys, we're back from commercial. And this week, Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross, and they are still in 2020. Fly Racing sponsors our next guest and brings in our next guest, Mr. Zach Osborne. What's up, dude? Chilling, man. Sponsorings are not easy, are they? No, they're not. Was that bad? No, it was good. I was impressed. But I, that was, when I was doing the pod, that was the, the hardest thing for me, sponsoring. Yeah, it's it's not easy because I'm sitting here trying to read it and your you know your mind's going a million miles an hour and then you get tongue tied and we can't all be great at it, right? I mean, some of those other <laughs> podcast guys are pretty good at it, but 
Um, we're getting better. Yeah, I hear you. So, hey, do you miss doing the podcast? I know it was really difficult to do race day or the day uh, you usually did on Friday, I think. It was difficult, but did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. And, like, there's still some episodes that I would love to do. Um, just not not right now. Yeah. Um, maybe someday, probably not. Maybe we'll get it going again someday. But um, for now, just a little hiatus or, uh, you know, some other tournament. But, <laughs> yeah, hopefully someday I'll get it, get it going again. Yeah, I, I really was – Super bummed that the Hurlings one fell through. Yeah, that that was kind of one of the things that sort of did me in, honestly. Really, like how badly that went. But yeah, it is what it is. Well, okay, so I know you probably can't give details. Was it um, just not having the time, or was it radio silence? Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, sometimes, um, like I had, uh, <laughs> I've had rider, I had a rider scheduled tonight, and he bailed at the last minute, and. You know, it's it can be a little frustrating when you uh, have things scheduled for a certain time, and yeah, it's it can be kind of a bummer. And I had Cooper Webb do that to me last year. Like I kept, he was scheduled for a certain time, and I kept calling him, kept calling him, and he called me back like in the middle of my next interview, and he was, and then he texted, he's like, "Sorry, man, I was at dinner and I forgot." I said, "Bro, I like texted you earlier. Like I don't know. I know you guys are busy, but come on." No, we're not that busy. All right, man, 2020, um, you know, not not exactly where you want to be, I don't think, but getting better. Uh, A1 did not go well, but I feel like, uh, you know, each week's getting a little better. What are you, what are you feeling so far? Yeah, man, the, the flu or whatever I had before A1, I ended up running a fever for like seven days and lost 10 pounds. Like it was, it was a heavy deal, like super gnarly and um, – I'm just happy to be back to some some sort of normality during the week and, you know, charging back to 100% fitness. I'm probably, you know, 90 or even 85% at the moment. So um, I'm just happy to be headed in the right direction. Um, obviously, 14th at the first round was not ideal, but the fifth and fourth since have been, been pretty good rides. And, yeah. Um, starting to feel better each weekend. We're, we're developing the bike a little bit. Um, for the sort of West Coast conditions, I think my East Coast setup's uh, really, really on point, and um, we'll just continue to get better. But um, this week we've made a couple of changes, made some changes before the main event the other night, and that really, really helped me. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to kind of evolve into um, some race trim at, uh, on Saturday nights for different conditions, and everything's going good, I think. Yeah, um, so I was kind of curious after A1 with half the field seemed like was sick. Do you, like, you guys like sharing food or what's going on? <laughs> no, actually, I, I mean, it's just that time of year. Um, a lot of people are obviously traveling across the country from Florida to California or wherever to California and getting the old airplane germ <laughs> yeah, tube. Right. And it happened, you know. My, my daughter got sick, and then uh, three days later I got sick, and it was, it was bad. It's probably the sickest i've ever been um that wasn't some sort of stomach thing but man i was i was down and out for a couple of days at one point i had a fever of 104 like it was serious the fact that you were even able to race you know i mean the average guy like myself if you're that sick you have the flu you're in bed for a few days and then it takes days to recover like i i wouldn't even want to think about getting on a motorcycle let alone go compete at the highest level yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really that keen on it either, but um, <laughs> it was just what I had to do. I mean, I, actually, after the first session, I, I was 
contemplating not really not actually going out so um it was just just a point to grab for whatever i could could figure you know whatever i could get and then obviously the heat didn't go good and then the lcq uh or i i crashed big in the heat and then had to the lcq which made things even worse and then in the main i was just completely zapped like it was, yeah it was over hey zacko um so I, I know it's it's probably you know looking at a few years before you for the end of your career but could you see yourself back over at the gps again um i i've considered it but man the level is so high right now and um it it would be hard to go there and just kind of be um start over uh from the ground from the ground up because the bikes are so different and everything i, I just it would be more likely to see me in in gncc or some something like that i think yeah i think you'd have a lot more fun a lot less stress i think Brittany, if i'm not mistaken has said that she wouldn't mind going back over there but i i think uh taking the whole family and, you know, now with two kids, that, that, that'd be quite the undertaking. Definitely. And, and that's all, you know, all factors into it. So, um, we, we, you know, we have to think of, of everyone now. Yeah. Um, it would be a massive undertaking, honestly. Like we enjoyed our time there, uh, for the nation, but to go back and do it full time and do it correctly would be, um, a huge, huge deal. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's go back a week. St. Louis main event, uh, UNAC man getting a little little feisty. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I feel like uh, when you went back on him and ran it in there, that was you know, hey, this is the big boy class. Uh, you know, if you get you push, you're gonna get pushed back. Was there any thought like that at all, or was it just uh, you know what what went through your mind? No, definitely not not towards him. I mean, uh, the only reason I didn't do it to Kenny as well is Kenny was able. He hit me pretty good, but he was able to turn off of me and, and double still, whereas AC hit me and he wasn't able to double, so I, you know, I gave it back to him. But um, <laughs> it's, it's just how I race. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to take any crap. And, um, I mean, I think most people know that, but um, it was just it was good racing. You know, I, I needed to pass him back and um, get things rolling in my direction because I was getting freight trained at the time. Right. I got gotten passed by Kenny and then Barsha and then AC. And then, you know, we had to roll that double so that put everyone else right up our back door. So um, I needed to uh, get get things going in my direction, and that's, that's why I did it. Yeah, hey, man, your phone is going in and out. I don't know if you could get a better signal anywhere, but... Um, I don't. The neighborhood I live in here okay. is um, just a dead, dead zone. All right, no worries. It's not too bad. Um so yeah, you talked about that double. I, I've so far really enjoyed the tracks. I thought they were pretty impressive. Um, not so much cookie cutter, but not being able to jump that double really, really just opened that gap for Kenny and uh, you know, was it, I think it was Barsha to get away and almost impossible to make that time back up. Um, but you know, saying that, what have you thought about the track so far? I think the tracks have been really good. I think they've made some some nice uh, evolution to um, some of the obstacles with them being bigger and um, a little more, let's say, daunting, if you will. Yeah. Um, I think that they've done a really good job of building some, some good-sized loops and just kind of evolving the track to the style of the riding that we have at the moment. And um, I think they've been awesome. Obviously, the A1 track was not my favorite. Just I, I don't think it would have been my favorite even if I – 
uh, you know, if, if it was the best stuff in the world, I just wasn't on that day. But mm-hmm. um, the, the other two have been really good. I think this weekend was super technical. That dragon was one of the most dragons I've ever hit on a lap-to-lap basis. So I think they're doing a really good job with it. Yeah, and I think so. We're at the third third race now, and if I'm not mistaken, two of the races have had two sets of whoops, which um, I don't know, man. Like I think it was Mookie, maybe in Steve's post race interviews. I can't remember who said it, but when you have these longer races, instead of them being number of laps, it's timed. Sometimes you get a few more laps. You guys are hitting basically a set of whoops, something like I don't know, forty plus times at race pace. Yeah. Um, as a fan, it's pretty cool to watch. As a rider, probably not so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it tough fitness-wise. Like this weekend, we had a set of whoops, a triple, a set of whoops, a small double, and then a huge dragon. So yeah, there was like no breathing going on whatsoever in that span of time. But um, I think that they're doing a great job. Well, good. Um, so big talk this week, obviously, was the uh, Dylan Ferrandez, Christian Craig thing. I'm not going to ask your opinion on that pass because, I mean, how we could go back to you passing Joey Savacci, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's not intentional to kill somebody necessarily. Uh, you're just racing aggressive. But what I do want to talk about, get your thoughts on, is the – and I just talked to um, Martin Davalos about this. It's the almost the inhuman responses the keyboard warriors are having, the social media aspect, uh, the hate. How do we, how do we get – our society, this is a little deep, I guess, but back to, uh, I don't know, something a little more uh, normal? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know either. That's a great question, and it's something that I've been thinking, literally been thinking about today, because I happened on Dylan's post, and like, probably like 50 comments, and just some of the stuff people say is, like you said, inhumane, like it's unreal. I mean, I don't know where you get off saying things like that or um, think that you have the authority to say something like that or even to criticize Dylan or anyone in in that position um, as if you know what you would do. You know, it, yeah. it's not right and I, I don't agree with it. I don't know how we take it back um, other than getting rid of the whole thing, which would not be um, frowned upon by me. Right, yeah, just I'm get totally rid of social down, media. But, uh, yeah, all together. But, uh, I mean, that's not really realistic at this day and age, but I, I, I totally agree that it's it's absolutely absurd that people say and have said some of the things. I mean, I, I went through the same thing. Maybe not even, not quite as heavily uh, as Dylan. Like, mine was a little bit more half and half, whereas his was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's sad to see whether you like him or don't like him or, you know, you're foreign or American or whatever. It shouldn't be that way. I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, and I, I really, I said this even when Marvin took out Eli two years ago, you know, that had the roles been reversed, you would hear people cheering for Eli if he had taken Marvin out and probably vice versa, which is where a big part of my issue with it comes from is you're not really upset or the, the people are not really upset by the move. They're upset by more than most of them, probably the fact that he's a French rider, which I just don't understand. The dude's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't understand it in general. Well, that's true, too. From, yeah. Um, you know, France or China or what? I mean, it d- literally doesn't matter. Like, the things that, that they've endured yeah. since the uh, since 
the incident has been just ridiculous. Yeah, I totally agree. And I really thought Nastasia's uh, response on Instagram today was um, was really great. Classy. I thought, I thought it was awesome. Classy. Yeah, yeah. did a good job of it. And Jet. And, and then um, Jet, Jet had a response about their incident that I thought was amazing. So, you know, if all these fans could just, you know, I don't know, open their eyes a little bit and, and chill out. You know, the the writers and Paige and Christian and Jet weren't that up, weren't like willing to kill Dylan. That, that there's no reason for the keyboard warriors to feel the same way. It's anyway. Let's drop that. Yeah. I was just curious because exactly. I know you're uh, you got your head on right. So um, <laughs> what uh, what do you what are your plans going forward? I mean, obviously uh, each week's gotten a little better. Um, at this point, we should be a step away from a podium next week. This coming week at the Triple Crown. Yeah, I like this Triple Crown format. I think it's going to be really good. Um, hopefully the dirt is decent in Phoenix. I mean, last the last couple of years they've managed it pretty well, so mm-hmm. I think that, that it'll be good. And, um, you know, I, I need to get out of California sort of in the top five and then start to plug away when we get on the East Coast, I think. I think that's a, a good realistic goal for me. And um, just just keep myself in the hunt, keep getting good starts, and, and I'll be there in the end, you know. Yeah, you came on pretty strong last year, and um, I think it's going to continue to happen. I think, like I said, the the sickness obviously was a setback, but this is a long series, and everybody's kind of had some weird things this year so far. Other, well, even Justin Barsha didn't have a great A two, so I think there's a lot of opportunity yeah, I mean, for a I lot think of riders. The level is just super high right now, and people, uh, you know, when you when you don't have when you have one of those days where you're just not quite a hundred percent you know, that can easily turn into a 10th or 12th mm-hmm. where as, you know, in the past it was maybe a 5th or a 6th, which is is just, you know, just kind of shows where we're at as a sport. Yeah, so this is another thing I talked to Martine about a little bit ago. So a guy like yourself, who uh, in my opinion is considered one of the elite riders in the world, you expect yourself to be podium and fighting for a win. But when you line up at the gate and you look over and you see – the guys that you're lined up against this year, the field as deep as it is, is there any kind of like crap, man? If I finish inside the top ten, I'm doing good. Not really. I mean, you can't really think like that. Okay. Um, it, it's you know that's just not who we are as racers. I don't <laughs> think maybe some people are like that, but for me, I'm like, dang, like if I don't you know make something happen here, I could get ten pretty easy, and that's not going to be okay. Right, right, right. Um, people are going to want answers, so. Um, I try not to think like that. Okay. <clears throat> this, uh, this is a little off the, the racing topic a little bit. Um, with the new Supercross video game coming out, um, just out of curiosity, uh, as being one of the top riders in the sport, do you have an option to be in this game, or is it is it up to your team? Is it up to your people, whether you're in it, and, and do you get any incentives off of it? Um, I don't get any incentives. I don't know for sure, but I don't think anyone does. Um, if they do, it's very small and we, we do have the option to refuse, I guess, but I don't, I don't really think many people or any people do. Other than oh, I heard that, yeah, Ken Roxon, I guess, apparently asked for quite a sum of money or he wasn't going to do it or something. That's the rumor anyway. That's possible. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, when you have a, have a, uh, uh, agent with that, that type of agent. Yeah. There, there's a, I guess a different. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. They they look for a little bit different things. I can't even get Kenny to do this show because we don't have a big enough platform. So mm. nothing, not saying anything bad about mm. Kenny. That's just you know, hey, that's his right. But it's 
Right. I mean, I'd be more than happy to take his spot on Supercross, the video game. I mean, I don't know if they could <laughs> put me on there and my ponytail hanging out. Maybe I could crash Bradshaw's bike in the you know beginning. Hey, you know Milestone goes yeah. to the races. Maybe you can talk to him and see what yeah. they can do about that. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, Start we'll, the pony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll try to make that happen. Well, uh, Zach, man, I, I know I hit you up kind of late notice on this. And um, as I always say, thank you for always being so kind to us and generous with your time. No problem, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Yeah, I'll see you in San Diego in a few weeks. That's the next one I'll be at. All right. So, All right, man. Perfect. Thanks, Zacho. Thanks, dude. See, see ya. ya. So, yeah, Zacho, as I think I said at the beginning of this, uh, I probably texted him an hour before we started recording, maybe not even that much, when Justin Hill had to move his time. And Zach stepped in, and it's really appreciated. What, what do you think, man? What do you think about Zach's riding so far this season and you know him moving from – I see. It was fourteenth, fifth, and fourth are his results. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it, I think the first round was a little underwhelming um, of sickness, you know, and all yeah. that. And I guess you could say the same thing about Cooper in the second round. It's like you didn't really expect that. Um, but what I like about Zacho is is he's aggressive. He's not a very easy guy to pass, and he's also very transparent. Yes. Um, about everything, and I think that's what this sport needs. <clears throat> And I think that was kind of what we liked about AC in the 250s, too. You know, he was very transparent about every single race and on the podium, too. And uh, I, I think I, – and I wish every rider was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just not the case. Uh, but his riding has been pretty phenomenal the past couple of weeks. And I think and I think it's expected of him to uh, get a podium and some wins. And I think he wants that. Yeah, he definitely expects it of himself. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think he's capable. Um, still kind of learning some things with the 450, I think. But there's moments when you you know the guy's got it, and there's some moments like I think it was last week where he kind of dropped back a bit for a little while. And you kind of go, man, what's going on? But, I mean, you know, again, we just keep – I keep saying, talking about that field. and I don't see – if I was in one of their positions, the guy's getting fifth or sixth, if I was at, at that ability level – I'm sure I'd be upset with myself, but at the same time, you look at who's beating you, and you can't be that mad. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I guess, like he was saying, you can't really think like that because he's yeah, I, he's won championships. True. I mean, you know? we're, and, we're all, you've raced, I've raced, right. and I get mad. You know, <laughs> I get mad if you or TJ beats me. I don't want to be beat by my friends. Yeah. I don't want to be beat by the guys that are better than me because I want to be better. So you're right. But exactly. It's, and, as, I, and I think he knows he's kind of run out of time, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's why he's such in a rush to, to get some wins. And Yeah. Um, who's to say he can't put together a championship? Like, who would have thought Jason Anderson or Cooper True. Webb would have yeah. won one? You know, yeah. we never would have thought that. And he's in the Baker's program, too. So, yep. Um, I don't know, man. I'm excited to to see how he does throughout the season. Absolutely. All right, let's take our last oh, – again, because I'm pre-recording this, the show is about to be over. Um, again, sorry if it's confusing, but, you know, we're, we're recording out of sequence. But So we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up in theory, Phil. Um, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Good show. Uh, if you guys are still on board, still listening, please continue to go to patreon.com. Uh, search the Moto X Pod show. Support us if you can. We're doing some pretty cool things. I put a post up about a week ago with some stuff that I'm going to do for some exclusive content for our Patreon supporters when we go to San Diego. Uh, if you want to get involved with that, you want to get some gifts from our sponsors every once in a while, patreon.com. You can you know sign up. Five bucks a month. 
or more, whatever you want to give. It helps us out, helps us get to the races, helps this thing keep going. Uh, once again, all of our sponsors, the title sponsor, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, Allsport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Moto Works, Acherbys, X-Brand Goggles, Works Wheels and Mods, and Extreme Colors, all on board. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is the Justin Hill interview. He's going to try to do it tomorrow, so I'll probably just release that separately instead of tagging it on. Uh, you got anything, Phil, before we go? Nope. That's it? Nope, All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, and we'll be back next week. We're out of here.